Hello and welcome to Stuttering Demystified, hosted by Laurie Malnitsky. I'm a speech language pathologist. I'm a stuttering specialist. I'm an ADHD life coach. And most importantly, I am a person who stutters and who used to stutter very severely. And I am so excited. This is episode one. And I wanted to talk to you what this episode is about is how I became a speech language pathologist. And I think it's a message really more than that. Not so much that I was an accountant and became a speech language pathologist. It's a message about hope. It's a message about perseverance and believing in oneself. So I really hope this helps you. It actually helps me because I have to rehash it or I want to. And I think it will help all of us really move forward in life and inspire you, or I'm hoping so. So I'm just going to tell you that I started stuttering at the age of four and it ran in my family because my father stuttered also. And at a young age, I was aware that I was different. I spoke differently. I couldn't say my name. And I also had curly hair that I always wanted to have straight hair. So at a young age, I felt like I was different than everybody else. And in elementary school, I was aware that I couldn't raise my hand to ask for the hall pass to go to the ladies room. And when they went around the room to ask people to read out loud, the anxiety inside of me rose because I did not want to be found out as a person who stutters. So I did everything I possibly could. I hid in the back of the room. I chose a seat in the back of the room. I would put my hair, my curly hair in front of my face. Um, And really I wanted to disappear because What if I was found out? And what if people started laughing at me? And what if they didn't want to be friends with me? So that was really hard. Um, And but I was very fortunate in the sense that I had a supportive family. I have a brother who's four years younger than me. So my parents and my brother were very, very supportive and they never really treated me as someone different or someone who stutters. Um, Fast forward to really by the time I got to be maybe almost 12 or 13, my father owned, with his brother, my father owned a pharmacy, which in some ways I think just taught me things to really overcome so much in life. Um, It was probably one of the most important jobs at a young age that I ever had. And even though I stuttered, there wasn't that much help, honestly, for stuttering at that time or that much knowledge about it. And I did get a little help in middle school, but I did arts and honestly, arts and crafts projects most of the time. And I didn't know how that was helping me. And there's one instance that I remember that my mother had called the school and said, you know, my daughter's really stuttering a lot. She's blocking on words and she's repeating words and she just can't get her message out. And they said, okay, we'll do an evaluation. 
And I remember sitting in a music class trying to learn how to read music, which was not going really well. Um, and and all of a sudden I heard Lori Malnitsky. Will Lori Malnitsky please report to the speech office for an evaluation? And I said, I cannot believe they're announcing this. I'm going to like fall on the floor. I don't know what to do. The music teacher didn't know me by name. So I was like, all right, I can make believe that I can, I'm like hiding, like nobody will notice me. But my friends obviously knew me and said, you, you have to listen to the announcement. So I kind of put my coat over my head. I grabbed my books and kind of like slid down the hallway against the, I, I can even feel it almost against like the shiny tiles on the wall and crawled into this speech room. And I remember thinking, no matter what the speech therapist asked me, I'm just gonna answer yes or no, because I'm not letting my secret out. If I have to say, if I have to only say words that I know are going to be fluent, then that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I did. And the speech therapist called my mom and said, she doesn't need therapy. She doesn't even stutter. And then I came home that day and started up a storm and I was hysterical um, and embarrassed and humiliated. But working at my father's store really was a game changer because I was a, a cashier. I had to answer phones and say, Modern Pharmacy, can I help you? And I knew that early on that was hard for my father also. And I knew that the more he did it, the easier it became. And I knew, and he became and is my role model because I knew if he could do it, even though it was hard now and there were hard moments that I could do it also. So I worked there for many years. It did get easier. I started to have confidence. Um, I, I just figured out ways of somehow getting the words out. And I somehow realized, but I don't think I really realized at the time that fear was blocking me. So in high school, in my senior year, I took an accounting class and I had, honestly, I struggled in school high school, academically, I didn't find it overly interesting. And I just was like hiding all the time, trying not to speak. Um, I did, I was fortunate that I had some pretty, I had some good friends and I did have a pretty strong social life, but I was hiding and it, it just wasn't productive. Um, so I did well in this one accounting class and I thought, that's it, it's my senior year. I found what I like, I love it. I think it was like I got like a 90 something in the class and I didn't get many 90s because to be honest, I don't think my focus and attention span was there. Um, and it wasn't just stuttering, which I realized many years later, I think it was undiagnosed AD. HD and I didn't know and I'll I'll explain that in another episode. So 
that there was more going on there than I knew. So I went to Hofstra and I was like, I found my life. Um, and I started school, I started college and I was in a sorority and I loved it. And I was kind of floating through academically, but I didn't love accounting and I didn't love business. But by the time I realized it, it, I was in my junior year. I had gotten some help for my stuttering at that point. I started to get a little bit more fluent, but I still didn't really have too much confidence in myself overall. But I graduated college, I got a job, and I was working as an accountant for about five years. And again, I felt like I was like in this dark cave in a mountain, and I just was afraid, like I was hibernating almost, but I was hibernating all year. I wasn't coming out. People would ask me what I do, and I had to like push out the words accounting. And then I would be like, no, I don't like it. And I was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to be in a field that isn't for me. I mean, I was only maybe 24, 25. So I started to become very involved in the National Stuttering Association. And, I, and I've been reading things from the Stuttering Foundation of America from a, from a young age. And I'm really so grateful that this information was out there because I didn't feel alone. So I started getting involved in many meetings and I really loved it. I loved helping others. I loved the inspiration. Um, and I decided having a friend, my dear friend, Lisa, who studies also and became a speech language pathologist, also became another role model of mine. And I decided I was going back for my master's. And once I decided it, that was it. I was going back for my master's in speech pathology. I knew in some ways I was stuttering so severely that I had to find some ways of getting help. I did get help, although I was still stuttering a lot. And to make a long story short, I had to take 20 credits of prerequisites before I got accepted into a graduate program. And I knew that academically I had to do well. I had to prove it to them, but really I had to prove it to me because I had to know that I could go back and study hard and do really well. And I did, and I got A's. And at the end of that, I needed recommendations to go to grad school. And at a local university, two of the professors said, I don't care that you did really well academically. You are a smart person, but you can't speak. And you are not gonna be able to communicate and you're not gonna be able to work with families, or people who stutter. So, of course, I was devastated, but I knew my friend Lisa had done it, and I knew the field was was started by speech pathologists who stutter like 
Charles Van Riper, and Joseph Sheehan. And I also read this book called The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck that I found was life changing. And I really felt like I'm not gonna just lead this road that everybody thinks I should lead. This is my life. And it's so important to believe in oneself. And I had to believe in me. And luckily my family did also. And I went to Hofstra University and they welcomed me with, uh, with open arms. And I made it through grad school academically. I did well, but to be honest with you, I still was having a really hard time communicating. And I'm going to go into this in future podcasts, what helped me. But I just want to tell you that it was a journey and it was a real journey in not just communication, but in learning skills like not to be so hard on myself, not to try and be perfect all the time, to try and praise myself, to to try and get self-gratification from inside me. And if someone else commented on me, that wasn't allowed. They weren't allowed. I didn't allow negativity. You other people who are negative are not allowed to be in my life because we have to keep grounded. So I'm going to keep going in future episodes. I want to thank you for listening. I promise you, I have so much more that I can share with you. I am going to post below, especially for speech language pathologists. I have a free, frequently asked questions you can download. There's going to be a school age stuttering boot camp below. And also, if you do need one-on-one coaching, or speech pathology, you can contact me also. So I'm going to leave that all below. And I'm going to leave you with one thing. The victory in life is showing up. It's not doing it perfect. The victory in life is showing up for yourself. So have a great day. And thank you so much for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Stuttering Demystified with your host, Lori Malnitsky, speech language pathologist, stuttering specialist, and a person who happens to stutter. In this episode, I wanted to talk to you about understanding avoidance with people who stutter and what that means. So as I think the best way to do this is to start with a story. I like to tell stories because I think it really focuses on what's happening with avoidance. So 
imagine that you're invited to a birthday party and you have a rash on your face that you don't want anyone seeing, but it's like right by your ear. So you put on a scarf and you can hide it and it's great. And it's a red scarf and it just matches beautifully and everyone loves the scarf. And you walk into the party and you just feel like everyone else. You're very fashionable. And all of a sudden the scarf falls off. And you are humiliated and embarrassed. And you will do anything you can to avoid people seeing your face. No one comments about the rash. But you are so self-conscious that you are thinking... What in the world are people thinking about me? Imagine not being able to say your name. Imagine going into that same party looking like everyone else from the outside, but being petrified that someone is going to ask you your name. So what do you do? You avoid, you come in, You might run in the bathroom to just hide. You might leave the party early. You might ask someone to introduce yourself and the fear keeps building. So the next party comes and you don't want to go anymore because before you've even been asked to say your name or where you live, you've already decided in your inner thoughts that you're not going to be able to do it. And even though you've gotten a little speech therapy behind you, you just don't have the confidence because a wave of fear overcomes you. Imagine the child or the young adult who's in college who gets extended time because maybe they have ADHD. What is their fear? Somebody will find out. Does anyone really care? No. And does it matter if anyone makes a comment? No. But imagine the fear. So they would rather do poorly than have to go in a separate room for extended time. So the fear of being found out can make the avoidance real. So what do we do? For me, saying my name was worse than walking into a fire pit. Because every time I did it, the anxiety hit harder, no matter how many strategies I had behind me until I hit it head on. And then I did start using an easy onset strategy. And I kept talking to myself and I read a few books, one called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, and another called The Road Less Traveled. Um, you can, I know you could get them both on Amazon. Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway is by Susan Jeffers. I highly recommend it. What to do when you talk to yourself what to do when you talk to yourself. So I just corrected that 
but when I was younger, I would not have corrected it because I would have said, oh, I hit that T sound hard. Oh my God, everyone else notices. What am I going to do? This is terrible. I'm a, I'm a moron. I mean, the thoughts would have gone nuts. It would have just gone around and around in my head until it never stopped. So fear has to be hit head on to knock the down the anticipatory struggle. Talking to yourself has to be incorporated because otherwise negativity negativity crawls in and we start to tell ourselves what we can't do or we cannot. So I just wanted to share this with you because I think it's very important with stuttering as people get older. We have to surround ourselves with positivity, not the judgment of the world. So we have to say, I can do it. I know I can do it. I can say my name. It doesn't matter what people think and it has to be done over and over again it has to be done by walking into a Starbucks and saying our name it has to be done with if it's your turn to call for reservations you say your name if you're ordering food you order food and it might be hard the first 80 times but eventually it'll get easier So I hope this kind of explains a little bit about avoidance and also substituting words. People who stutter tend to substitute harder words because they don't want to be found out. It's the fear of being found out. As I'm talking to you, My husband actually walked in the room and there was a time I would have never recorded this with him here, even though he's the most non-judgmental person I know. But even to have my husband hear me, it was embarrassing. But it's gotten much better, much better. So I hope this kind of gives you a little bit more information and avoidance and fear Again, this is Lori Melnitsky. Thank you for joining. I look forward to sharing more episodes with you. I'm going to share my link for my stuttering school age boot camp for speech language pathologists and the free masterclass, which will be out March 10th at 10 a.m. Thank you for joining.